0: Previously,
1: on rough translation. Sanjay Sachdev
2: was profiled in every major newspaper in India, magazine.
1: Free food, free state, protection.
3: So do you
4: think that the couples see you as a father?
3: Yes. Tell these couples, kindly don't use your own minds. Before he could put the bag on the floor, they
2: asked him how much money did he have. Would not take no for an answer. I have no idea
4: whether anything he tells me is ever true.
1: This is episode four of Love Commandos from Rough Translation. Check out episodes one through three. They are available right now in this feed. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. At least to judge by the ads you would see on TV, Valentine's Day in India is about as cheerful and as corporate as almost anywhere else on the planet.
3: This is so
4: romantic.
1: Date, Pajara? Date, dance. Picture roses and greeting cards. What plans for Valentine's Day? But... It's uh, Valentine's Day today. Look at Indian news, and this is your Valentine's Day. And we're not surprised because you are seeing bajrang dal workers chasing couples in... A lot of
2: the Hindu right-wing vigilantes say that uh, Valentine's Day is a Western import and it's corrupting Indian values.
1: Mansi Choksi, author of The Newlyweds, my co-host on this series.
2: So these vigilantes would go about town forcing young couples to marry each other on the spot. They had said that they will hit the couples with sticks. Cut and the woman's hair. And hit them with rotten tomatoes and all these kind of statements. They would beat them up. They would, like, put chili powder on them.
1: Every February 14th, these two realities compete for attention. Let your love Speak for you. Corporate ads on one channel. These are mindless acts. uh, Let me also go across... Vicious attacks on another. Do you see the French targeting couples today on Valentine's Day there as well? It's as if both sides are pretending that the other one's India is the temporary operation. In this disconnect between two Indias, it's what gave the love commandos its origin story. One Valentine's Day in the early 2000s Sanjay Sajdev was at the time working as a journalist, and he learned of these attacks.
2: And he says,
3: Who are you to poke your dirty nose in between?
2: Who are these people to poke their dirty nose in between?
1: In a country divided by religion, Sajdev saw Valentine's Day as proudly secular that an Indian of any faith could freely spend money on. And so Sachdev goes out into the parks with some friends to physically stop the goons from harassing couples. And the next Valentine's Day, he does it again.
2: Sachdev thinks that he is his best when he's doing activism. He often talks about his uh, college days, where he was this, you know, handsome, charming, young student
3: leader.
1: NPR's Lauren Freyer talked to Pradeep Chowdhury, an old college friend of Sachdev. He now works as Sachdev's lawyer.
3: He was a uh, aggressive type, someone. Rebel. Uh, naughty, aggressive. Naughty, mm-hmm.
4: aggressive. He was very naughty. So there's one story that I feel like epitomizes his character, more than anything else.
3: It should be arranged from this place to that place for students.
4: And that was a dispute over local bus service for students at Delhi University.
3: He used to uh, climb up upon up some tower.
4: Climb up a tower? A uh,
3: tower. I'll jump from this.
4: I think it's like a water tower. He scales this tower. And from the top, he's giving these fiery speeches about bus service. And then he threatens to
3: self-immolate. And I'll with the can of kerosene. I'll put this kerosene upon myself. To this. get
4: new buses for this yes. students Yes. It's quite dramatic. And he, Did oh. he typically win his battles? With
3: yes, his yes. 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 Shows courage and yeah. commitments.
2: He really likes that image of himself as this activist, um, intellectual, do-gooder, and um, you know that that's one part of his personality. And the other part is like, but I've got to make money, and I don't know how.
1: After university, Sachdev had tried his hand at all kinds of jobs.
2: He started a business where he tried to sell milk um, that was flavored with saffron and pistachio. Um, that tanked. Then he started a motor parts factory. That business didn't take off either.
1: He was a PR agent for the railroads, then a journalist, which gave him contacts in the media world. But it's these forays into the public parks on Valentine's Day that gave Sachdev his big idea.
2: He says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to create um, an organization that will stop this from happening.
3: Love Commandos.
1: This is Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. The mission of the Love Commandos was to shelter and protect young lovers, to give them freedom to determine their own future with their chosen beloved. When you add up all the interviews that Lauren Freyer and Monsi Choksi did separately with couples, and the legal documents that Lauren obtained, it includes about three dozen people that took up this offer of protection.
4: Years of, of graduates from these Love Commandos safe houses, people who've been rescued by him and owe their sort of lives and love lives to his hand.
1: This kind of survey of how different couples experience the shelter in different years, it had never been done before we compared Lauren's reporting side-by-side with Monsi's. And it turns out when you do that, a pattern starts to emerge.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was like a cycle that was repeating itself constantly.
1: Where couples would arrive.
2: With gratitude and a little bit of shock.
1: Their stay would drag on.
2: And then there's a moment where they they start to realize, like, this could go on forever and ever, and if I don't get out now, I'll never get out.
1: Couples told us they felt like Sajdev wanted to keep them there, indefinitely.
2: But I didn't really fully understand why he wants them to be there forever.
1: Why did couples who came to a shelter offering freedom often feel like they were tracked? Following that question leads us very far from the shelter. Far from India, actually. When Rough Translation returns.
0: This message comes from Capital One.
4: My greatest hope for the Voices of Black Women study is that it will help us understand and identify culturally tailored ways to change and really eliminate the unacceptable disparities for future generations of Black women as it relates to cancer.
0: To learn more, go to voices.cancer.org.
1: What does it mean to be Black in America? And NPR's Black Stories,
4: Black Truths a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black
1: Stories, Black Truths, wherever you get your podcasts. We are back with Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. In previous episodes, we've told you about some of the services that the Love Commandos offer to couples. A safe place to sleep, room and board, A marriage ceremony, if they weren't married already. The commandos, though, also offered guidance through a maze of bureaucracy. There were two important documents that couples might need. The first...
2: It's just a certificate.
1: ...is your marriage registration.
2: And that is legally binding. You are now officially married to this person. You know, it'll be accepted in court as proof that they were legally married.
1: So until they have this registration doc to go outside with, they could theoretically be... Separated, Kidnapped back by their parents.
2: Yeah, 100%. And that's happened. That's happened so many times. So actually, Sachdev, when he talks about um, the love commandos, his whole spiel is, don't worry, I will take care of everything for you. You know, you pay me what you have, if you have it, and you get to stay, you get, you know, um, legal counsel, you get your marriage certificate, everything done under one roof.
1: A very important document that Sachdev will provide, also meant to stop families from breaking up these marriages, is an affidavit filed with the police that includes sworn statements from the couple saying that they are married lawfully and of their own volition. That is actually the document that he promises Surya and Akanksha. You remember, they are the couple whose next-door love affair got them chased by Surya's mom and ended them up in the police station. By the time they got to the shelter, they were already married and registered.
3: My document Surya says he had his documents with him.
1: That's producer Raksha Kumar, who you'll hear interpreting throughout the episode.
3: You know,
4: other paperwork that was still pending, he trusted, Sachdev, that it would come in due time.
1: Gaurav and Akriti, the other intercaste couple we met, who were escaping Akriti's politically connected family, they arrived a few weeks after Surya and They were unmarried. And so the love commandos got them married quickly in a temple, but then told them to wait for the registration. They
3: hid everything from us
4: and while Surya trusts Sachdev that it's coming and he's doing his best, now Gorov, he starts doubting whether these delays are really part of the infamous Indian bureaucracy or whether he can trust Sachdev is doing enough
3: here.. Gaurav says they were so fed up that they would want to just leave all the documents at the shelter and get
1: out. But he can't even walk out of the shelter because Sachdev is holding on to his and his wife's ID cards.
3: Because, as I told you, we keep the documents and other things for security reasons.
1: Mansi heard about similar situations from other couples.
2: Such they would say things like, oh, there's a public holiday. The magistrate is on vacation. Uh, I don't feel well today. There's a lot of traffic. Um, you know, let's go another day. Those, These are the kinds of excuses he would give the couples.
1: Does it work? Yeah, it works.
2: It absolutely works. He would say, I have always thought of you as my daughter. How can you ask me why this work hasn't been done? It's a very peculiar Baton that is very common in Indian families. You know, to ask a question is to disrespect.
1: When Gurav first arrived at the shelter, his biggest fear was that his wife's family would find him and go after him. So he accepts Sachdev's rules, but as weeks become a month and then two months, he
4: increasingly hates being in the shelter. He hates the chores. He feels demeaned by these foot massages that he's asked to give to Sanjay Sachdev. And he feels trapped. And finally he's like, what the hell am I even doing here? Is it worth it to be here at all?
2: I met a young woman who kept a diary. uh, And she would write down what she did at the shelter every single day. And just going through that diary um, is such a... um, Emotional experience, um, you know, she, she writes in her diary. This is the 25th time my husband has said sorry to me, and I will forgive him because I have no other choice. This is the man I've married.
1: Because of the endless days with nothing to fill the time but board games and chores, sneaking cuddles under the censorious eye of a grumpy old man prone to lectures and mockery, that could put a strain on any new marriage.
2: And as days progress, the same romantic songs that would have moved them to tears just uh, weeks earlier now start to sound absurd. I think the shelter has a lot to do with that.
1: Sachdev would counter that only he knew best when it was safe to leave, and he would tell the couples they didn't appreciate the dangers that awaited them outside the shelter gates. But on Lauren's visit to the shelter, what she saw felt just as dangerous to the couple's well-being.
4: When I went in, these couples were, like, blinking in the light. Some of them hadn't been out in, like, two months. But there's one place where Gorov describes he could go in the shelter to see the outside world.
3: The conditions at the shelter were so bad that when we went to the washroom, we saw sunlight seeping in through the windows, and that would be a relief.
4: And the rest of the shelter, the rooms that they slept in, had no windows.
3: Because we were not allowed to go out for days on end, we had actually forgotten what sunlight feels like. And I would see the people outside the shelter and just think that their lives are so good.
1: And given the constrained conditions, Mansi wondered, why did Sachdev choose to sleep there, night after night.
2: At one point, I was like, is it because he's lonely and wants a surrogate family? Is it because he has this free labor?
1: Might the family dynamic that Sajdev had created himself in the shelter be the only real family he had?
4: Okay, it is January 19th. Ooh, can you hold the flowers for a sec? Just put
1: them in January of 2020... Lauren visited Sachdev at his family home. It was his wedding anniversary.
4: I didn't expect you to be uh, out of bed.
1: I just came out of bed. He was recovering from heart surgery and had made a rare trip home to recuperate.
4: Is this your wife? Yeah. Oh, happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. So he lives in a family home with his father and his wife and his children and his brother.
1: Sachdev has four children, including a nephew he adopted named Tushar. He's a defense officer. He's a flight lieutenant.
0: Yeah, I fly fighter planes.
1: He came for my treatment, for my hospitalization. Tushar admires his dad, but he's got one main complaint. him not being able to attend to his family that much, as much he's uh, attending to the civil uh, domain of his work. There was always a question of which child's birthday he'd show up to. I remember that uh, we used to hope like hell that he comes and Papa is here. Sachdev's own marriage was one that his father did help choose for him. Sachdev never had the experience of eloping as a love couple himself. But he encouraged his kids to follow their passion. To be liberal about your choices and go ahead with whatever career choices, not just loving your
3: person, the person you want to love, but the career you want to love, the things you want to do, the places you want to to visit and all that. So he's been liberal about it. Mm -hmm. And he has told us that you choose your own destiny. This is
4: very unconventional for an Indian father.
3: Yeah, this is.
4: Did your father raise you with these ideas?
3: My father is here. I think he will give you the best answer. Yeah? He's there in the next room.
4: I met Sanjay's own father. He was in his mid-80s at the time. He's since passed away. He was a little bit demeaning to his son.
3: He's actually a strange type of a person, I should say. A strange man. uh, He has his own qualities, his own feelings, uh, love for others. So whatever he is, I can only respect him,
1: nothing beyond it.
4: (laughs) And his family is actually better off than I expected.
1: At one point, Sachdev gestures to the family home and says, You have seen the way I live in the shelter?
4: It's very different than this beautiful home. It's more humble.
3: But my mission is there. My life is there. Service to mankind is there.
4: But here you have your father, you have your brother, you have your wife, you have your children. Is your life here?
3: Everybody encourages me. I'm proud of them that I found such a family.
4: Need to rest. Thank you so much. Leaving his house, I just felt like I had so many more questions. It's okay, you can have
3: another round of tea or something, lunch no, no,
4: no, no. Like why is he spending so much time with this surrogate family he's created, of these love couples in the shelter in grimy conditions when he has this loving family?
1: If you ask some of the couples why they think their documents were delayed, why they were discouraged from leaving, they will say it was about money. Sachdev has been accused by some couples of extorting money from them. He strenuously denies this charge. Well, some couples did tell Lauren and Mansi that they were asked to pay tens of thousands of rupees, hundreds of dollars, that is. Surya says he was never charged money, and other couples also say that they were never charged. But even if this were an operation designed to squeeze couples for money. The fact is that Sachdev could demand the most money from couples on the first day, when they were scared and desperate. Why keep the same couples there for longer? Well, to understand that, Lauren first had to figure out, what was that money paying for?
4: I'm looking at the shelter. It's very rudimentary, no frills. And... I feel like I'm missing something. What is your total expenditure? Do you have a monthly budget?
0: No.
3: It can be, it never be, can be monthly budget.
1: Lauren would have multiple conversations with Sachdev, trying to pin down the finances.
4: Rent, food, police protection. Rent
3: has to be, fee- rent has to be paid. Food has to be paid. Protection we have to pay
4: I'm just trying to get an idea of the expenses like um the rent
1: the shelter was a rented flat in Paharganj which is a neighborhood in New Delhi near the railway station known for budget travelers and hotel rooms that rent by the hour
4: i think in paharganj maybe it costs 50000 per month for a flat
3: yeah but we were paying lo- lower lower 35000 and 15,000 for the smaller
1: flat.
4: Okay, I remember that flat, right.
1: This was a second flat across the street from the shelter where one of the Love Commando's volunteers would stay. So, 50,000 rupees all told for rent. But Gurov had paid almost that much on his first day. And other couples that Monsi and Lauren talked to had paid that much or more.
4: If one couple pays 40,000, 50,000, 70,000, something like that, That covers your rent for the whole month for both flats. That should cover food. So if you have five couples paying that, you are bringing in a significant amount of money. Mm -hmm. And what did you do with that money?
3: First of all, you should try to understand what is the expense. Grocery. Food. Milk.
4: Those things are all so... Those are relatively cheap in India.
1: Sachdev insisted that he and the other volunteers were not paid.
4: So, I'm wondering, are the costs of marriage registration and police protection, are all of these things a lot costlier than I realize? I'm uh, I'm just trying to figure out the monthly budget... And for a nonprofit, the incomings and outgoings.
0: Just
3: a yeah. somebody's in the door.
4: Yeah. Okay. He just hung up. So I'm looking at lovecommandos.org.
1: On the Love Commando's website. There's lots of ways to donate.
4: There's a donate through PayPal, donate through Paytm, which is like a digital payments um, app in India. There's a Bitcoin um, donation.
1: But if you scroll down the page.
4: There are three bank accounts listed. Love Commandos Society, Sanjay Sachdev, and Harsh Malotra.
1: One organizational account, two personal bank accounts for the two Love Commandos founders. Lauren had asked Sachdev about this.
4: Let's say I pay by credit card. How do you receive it?
1: Yeah, by PayPal.
4: By PayPal. And is it directly into your bank account?
3: Yeah. Or you can send to our organization's account also.
1: Was the money that Sachdev collected through his personal account actually going to pay for Love Commando's expenses? Well, in India, NGOs must keep records of foreign contributions, but it's unclear if the Love Commandos ever became an NGO. Sachdev's old college friend, Pradeep Chowdhury, now practices law with his son, Vikrant, and they represent Sachdev together.
3: I used to call him uncle because he was my father's yeah. friend.
1: He calls him Chacha. Vikrant told Lauren last year that Sachdev and the other commandos. Took donations into their personal bank accounts.
3: Whatever funds they were receiving, they were receiving in the individual, individual accounts. Account.
1: And then failed to register the organization as an NGO. They were in the process of getting this uh, NGO registered. Even though Vikrat says they tried. So the situation is this, that I'm telling you repeatedly that Sanjay has got a good vision. Mm-hmm. But as far as implementing that vision is concerned, I used to tell him, I used to tell him repeatedly that register your NGO. Yeah. Get your accounts audited,
3: yeah.
1: Take the money through proper channel. This is required.
4: It feels like a small thing, but, you know, some foreign charities have been banned from India because of this.
1: When Lauren asked Sachdev about what his own lawyers told her, he replied that his lawyers are misinformed, that the Love Commandos is registered, but was unable to point to any proof.
4: So I did some public records research. I was able to go on to a database run by the Ministry of Home Affairs Plugging in all different combinations of Harsh Malotra, Sanjay Sachdev, Sanjay Sachdeva, you know, like different spellings of his surname, different spellings of love commandos, different dates, different states. And I wasn't able to find any FICRA registration for the love commandos.
1: A FICRA registration, stands for the Foreign Contribution Regulation Act, is something every NGO in India that takes foreign donations needs to have. It's like a tax ID.
4: And I'm actually still looking for it um, because I don't think it exists.
1: One thing we do know about Sandhya Sajdev from his friends and his enemies is that he was always a man in need of an audience. And it's not hard to imagine that the same guy who in his student days perched atop a water tower and threatened to self-immolate in the name of new bus service might also be someone who liked to play the role of revolutionary under the captive gaze of young onlookers the in loco parentis, who was slightly loco, the offbeat grandfather lecturing on table manners and revolution. It may have served his image of himself to steadily ignore the fact that so many couples wanted so desperately to leave. And yet it is still hard to understand how even someone like Sachdev could ignore the mutinies brewing under his nose, year after year, in cohort after cohort.
2: Why is he drawing this out? Like he's causing so much agony to these couples. Do it, let them free.
1: Because you're thinking of the love couples as the customers. Yes. But as she talked to more couples, Monsi started to wonder if...
2: They're not the customers. They're just tools. They're like items he's selling.
1: And who's the actual customer?
2: It's the Western donor.
1: That's when Rough Translation
0: returns. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive. What does it mean to be black in America? An NPR's Black Stories Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as black experiences. You'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories Black Truths wherever you get your podcast.
1: We're back with rough translation. I'm Gregory Warner. The Love Commandos get a lot of donations from all around the world.
4: Thanks to Lolita Miranda from the Philippines for Thanks donating Nissa C to Germany. They thank people
1: all over their website.
4: Thanks to Josephine Chang for contributing to Mission Love. Eric and Sarah from Stockholm. Thanks to a believer of love from Ireland who's contributed 850 rupees via PayPal. I mean, it's like small, small individual donations.
1: But the large donors, they weren't as easy to name. In fact, following the money on this story it led us on a bit of a chase. We went back and forth through years of blog posts on the Commandos' website. And then we finally found an announcement from 2014 for what they've called the largest single donation that the Commandos had ever received. Borg knocks off a winner. From the company of the retired Swedish tennis star, Bjorn Borg. Service ace from Borg. The Bjorn Borg brand, which markets underwear and sports apparel and bags. And so how much was that donation? Well, here's where our follow-the-money story becomes kind of hard to follow. Because we got a hold of their annual report, and it says that they donated, quote, 52,000 protection hours to Love Commandos. How much is a protection hour? A company spokesperson declined to say.
2: That's just fascinating that they charge them for hours. Oh, my God, because, like, most of their hours are just, like, spent laying in bed.
1: To Mansi, this phrase, protection hour— It suggested a more dramatic story than the one she'd seen on a normal day in the shelter.
2: You know, there's not a lot of protection going on. The couples are, like, doing all the menial work.
1: It's not like they have armed guards um, patrolling the doors and watching out for, for family members who might come.
2: No, they're literally playing card games.
1: As we dug more into this donation, we learned that it was part of a publicity campaign made in partnership with the commandos. They produced videos. With dramatic music and silhouettes of anonymous couples talking about their dangerous escapes and how love commandos helped save their lives.
3: The Bjorn
1: Borg Group says that the money they donated to the commandos would provide resources to the couples. They did not say what those resources actually were. But it begs a bigger question about these fundraising appeals in the name of helping couples.
2: Why are we not paying these couples directly to go start a life somewhere far away from um, where they are? Why are we trusting these middlemen?
1: We'll never know for sure the reasons that Sachdev extended the couple's stays or put obstacles in their way when they felt ready to leave. But if you look at all the threads that we followed to figure this one out, from bureaucratic delays to loneliness to greed, the story that seems to fit best with the version that most couples reported is that the Love Commando's brand was danger. The danger you'd face if you left the shelter before he told you you were ready. Maybe that's because Sachdev truly believed that these couples would be in danger without his help. Or maybe because a story of danger is a more profitable story to tell the world. Because if the time the couple spent in the shelter was just a short chapter of a longer love story, a brief stay before they got their apartment and started their new life...
2: Then you become redundant. If these young couples are uh, empowered to be out in the world, you know, making their living, feeling safe... What role does the commandos have to play?
1: Just as many couples came to the shelter with the same story after a daring escape, the couples that Monsi and Lauren spoke to tended to leave in the same way as well.
2: You know, they live in such close proximity, they do start to, like, grow genuinely close and, like, start to share their stories about their homesickness. They bond over um, the movies they're watching in the shelter. And yeah, I think at eventually there is a point at which they're all being very honest about their feelings about Sachdev.
1: It's at that point that their calls to leave would get louder, and more forceful. And then Sachdev and Harsh Malotra would cajole or manipulate or intimidate couples to try to get them to stay. The commandos say they only ask couples to stay to keep them safe.
2: They're told about all the risks that are awaiting them outside of the shelter. There is a deep fear instilled in them. By the time they're leaving, they're really terrified.
4: They leave en masse when they demand their documents back, and Sandra's outnumbered, and he forks over the documents, and they leave.
1: When the couples would leave, they'd try to put this experience behind them. They were still feeling vulnerable to their families. And the commandos knew all their personal information. Speaking up about them, they'd have a lot to lose. And so, new couples would come to the shelter and the cycle would repeat, year after year, in every cohort that Mansi and Lauren spoke to, except for the cohort that Suri and Gurov were part of.
2: We knocked
3: on the door and, frankly, we were really shocked to see what we saw. It was completely bizarre.
1: For them, it all went very differently. And it would go differently for Sachdev, too.
3: What was his reaction? I. What to say? I think it's just very evil what he did.
1: That story, next time, on the final episode of Love Commandos from Rough Translation.
2: If you want to hear episode five before everyone else, go sign up for Embedded Plus. Embedded is home for ambitious storytelling at NPR, and subscribing to Embedded Plus is a great way to support that work. Embedded Plus listeners will get to hear each episode of Love Commandos from Rough Translation early, and they'll get to listen to it sponsor-free, too. Go to plus.npr.org slash embedded, or look for the Embedded channel in Apple to find out more. And thanks to listeners who have already signed up.
1: Thank you, Mansi. Before we get to the credits and the veritable village of people that help make this podcast, I just want to give a shout out to our growing community on Substack. New subscribers, I see you guys people like renato in seattle, third culture kid forever, natalie or maybe it's natalie uh, who subscribed from their minivan in the french countryside, anastasia from ukraine, adam from lagos nigeria, these are all folks who've heard the rough translation podcast and they've subscribed to my email newsletter to help me chart what is next. stacy from the outer banks of north carolina writes that her favorite stories are the ones she didn't know she wanted to hear. i got to say that is it right there. that is trust that is the opposite of clickbait algorithms that try to guess your interests and drive so much of the news you hear. Stacey's saying, hey, take me somewhere in the world that I didn't know I wanted to go and I will discover something when I'm there. That's the spirit of Rough Translation. That is the spirit of my work and it is the spirit that I am taking to the next chapter. Come be part of that. Join me on substack.com or the Substack app. It is free to subscribe. Search for my name, Gregory Warner, or search for Rough Transition, stories from a changing world. Love Commandos, from Rough Translation, is a collaboration with NPR's International Desk. It was reported by Lauren Freyer, with help from our senior producer, Adelina Lansianese. The series was written and edited by me, Gregory Warner.
2: And it was co-hosted by me, Mansi Choksi. This episode was produced by Adelina Lansianese, with help from Parth Shah and Ariana Lee.
1: Our senior editor is Luis Treyes. Our consulting editors are Miranda Kennedy and Sana Krasikov.
2: The Love Commando's team includes Elena Torek, Justine Yan, Dan Gurma, Kimberly Aiza, Bhaskar Chaudhary, and Jess Jang. Our producers in India include Raksha Kumar and Sushmita Pathak.
1: Fact-checking by Nicolette Khan. Mary Glendinning is Director of Research at NPR's RAD department. Legal support from Micah Ratner and Johannes Dergi. NPR's Standards and Practices editor is Tony Kavan, mastering by Josh Newell.
2: The Love Commando's theme song is by Vasu and Amira Gill, and it's inspired by Rough Translation's original theme song from John Ellis.
1: Additional music in this episode by John Ellis, Ramteen Arablui, Nick Dupre, First Come Music, and Blue Dot Sessions.
2: Special thanks to Muskan Nagpal. To see original illustrations of this series by Vartika Sharma, visit npr.org slash Rough Translation. Our visuals editor is Emily Bogle.
1: Irene Noguchi is the executive producer of the Enterprise Storytelling Unit, our home at NPR. Liana Simstrom is our supervising producer.
2: Didi Skanky is chief editor and Nishan Tahiya is deputy supervising senior editor at NPR's international desk.
1: Anya Grunman is NPR's senior vice president of programming and audience development. I'm Gregory Warner. See you next time for the final episode of Love Commandos from Rough Translation.
4: This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge